Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the NLP UK Training Podcast. I'm Callie Fraser. And I'm Steve Kay. So what are we going to talk about today, Steve? Well, you know how we had to restart the recording of this because mm. he made me make a mistake. He did make you make a mistake. And and because I started and I stumbled over my words and it was his fault because he held his hand up at the wrong time. I think we should talk about that. Blaming someone else Ooh. or blaming another team or another department. It's all called It's fault. rife in organisations, isn't it? I think it's rife in life. Yeah. I mean, I drove down the A42 this morning and I came on the A42 and there was just litter all down by the side of the road that some poor person in a council in a yellow jacket has to go and pick up and they have to close the road off for a while while they do it so it's safe for them. And um, and people just chuck it out of the window. That's lack of personal responsibility, isn't it? And those people who chuck the stuff out the window, they work for your organisation possibly. Or it could even be me. No, it's not me. No, it's I don't do okay. But some some people kind of inadvertently blame other departments and other teams without realizing that they're doing it, don't they? They kind of. Why do you think they do that? Because they don't realize that they are responsible. And it doesn't really take any energy to blame other people or make excuses. But when you do have personal responsibility, you have a lot more energy, funnily enough, don't you? It's interesting, isn't it? How, how do you know when you're taking that personal responsibility? Because you feel good. But I know when I've been coaching people and I've said, so what are you going to do about moving the project forward that you talked about? Oh, well, we can't do that because... Uh, purchasing haven't set up the process and systems with the supplier to get things in on time. So it's like push back down the supply chain, blaming other departments and teams. Um, and one organization I was coaching, it was kind of rife. They were doing it all the time. And I remember the HR manager saying, one of the reasons why we picked you is because you showed that above the line, below the line kind of model, which we'll talk about in a bit. It's really interesting, isn't it? The one that I hear the most is probably IT. It's IT's fault. IT haven't done it. Um, and it's quite interesting because my um, other half, he's he's in IT, so I see it from the other side as well. Yeah. Um, and it's quite interesting when I might say to him, oh, so-and-so said this about um, their IT department. And he would, he'll always say, well, have they actually told IT that there is a problem? Mm-hmm. And quite often, as long as IT know that there's a problem, they'll, they'll fix it. But they can't do anything about it if they don't know. Can I um, mention, there's a guy called Paul McGee who wrote a book called Sumo and many others. And one of the questions in that book is, who is responsible for where you find yourself in life right now? And a lot of people go, well, it was my dad. He was really inspiring. It was my mum. It was my teachers. And actually, where do you find yourself in life right now? Whose responsibility is that? It's us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's us because we've made all the choices since we were, you know, 16, 17, 18, maybe a bit younger. We've made a lot of the choice, haven't we, for where we find ourselves right now. So all this blaming other people, but it's kind of ingrained because everything's done for you, isn't it? Yeah. 
And if you listen to the news, everybody's blaming everybody. The unions blame the government. The government blame the unions. That, you know, there's not enough this, there's not enough that. It's not fair. Life's not fair. There's loads of whinging and moaning, isn't there? There's a lot of people walking around with victim T-shirts on. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's like it's glued onto their bodies. Yeah, but then they moan and groan and get loads of attention from people, don't they? They gather around and go, oh, you poor thing. Oh, you just have to look on social media. Yeah. Um, have a scroll through um, one of your social feeds and you'll see that person who's put a post on really, oh, woe is me. Yeah. Now, absolutely, I completely understand that some people are going through some stuff, but you can see that they put it on to, to a social media platform and then the reams of comments mm. giving that attention. Mm. Um, and it's poor you, you know, we we understand. Mm. Um, but there's no there's no action, there's no personal responsibility to change things or move things forward. Yeah. It is that victim t-shirt mentality. Yeah. Um, where they're, they're actually quite happy where they are. Yeah. But also in organisations, there's, I wonder how many people in organisations are actually realising when they're not taking responsibility and what would happen if they did take personal responsibility? What if we could give somebody a clue, a signal, so they knew themselves when they were taking personal responsibility. There's an old story of um, if life was a bus, where are you sitting on the bus? And if you ask a group, where are you sitting on the bus? Someone will say upstairs on the top floor and someone will say, I'm the conductor. Not that they've had conductors on buses for 40 <laughs> years. Um, and then one person will say, well, I'm in the driving seat. And then someone else might say, well, I'd like to be in the driving seat. I'm in the driving seat sometimes, but I know other times I'm not. And I think that's the best answer because we can all think we're in the driving seat. In fact, the biggest mistake is someone thinking they're in the driving seat, someone thinking they're driving their own bus, when actually some of the time they're not. So we have a like a model for it, don't we, of how you know when, you, when you're when you're taking personal responsibility and we call it above the line or below the line. So guys, if you get yourself like a pen out or a pencil and draw a horizontal line on a page in front of you or just an imaginary line, then above that line, write ownership, accountability and responsibility. The first letters are or, O-A-R, ownership, accountability, responsibility. Then underneath the line, below the line, we put blame, excuses, and denial, which is kind of bad. So above the line, you've got ownership, accountability, responsibility, and below the line, we've got blame, excuses, denial. So that's kind of it, isn't it? So well, you were saying, how do you know when you're taking personal responsibility? How do you feel? So how do you feel when you're above the line, Callie, when you take the ownership? Well, I just feel so empowered. I feel like I'm in control and actually quite excited mm -hmm. when I'm above the line mm. um, because I know that I can do something. Mm. Um, so for me, I think being above the line, ultimately I feel good when I'm above the line. Yeah. So you know. So the clue is it's either on or off, isn't it? Yeah. It's a black or white, on or off. It's digital, isn't it? You're either above the line or you're below the line. 
So when we say take personal responsibility, this is a great way of knowing whether you're not or not. So how do you feel when you're below the line? Or how do you know when you're below the line? Again, it's the opposite, isn't it? You you don't feel empowered. You feel disempowered. You don't feel in control. Yeah. Um, you feel like it's it's completely beyond your remit. Mm. Everyone else is is at fault. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd also feel a bit down. Mm. Maybe even a little bit depressed okay. because it's not in my control. Okay. So you, you just don't feel nice. <laughs> but it's really simple. When you're above the line, you feel great. When you're below the line, you don't feel so great. So when you get those feelings of negativity, what do you do? I think it's about recognizing where you are, first of all. Yeah. Um, and just making that decision, this is not where I want to be. Yeah. So what do I need to do? to get above the line. So you ask yourself a question. Yeah, it's just asking a better question of yourself. How can I be above the line about this? Right. So you do that with your coaches, don't you? You teach Absolutely. them about above the line, below the line. And the first thing you teach them is about above the line, below the line. Are you taking ownership, accountability, responsibility? Or is it blaming, excuses, denial? And it's either one or the other. And so what do you do if you hear somebody is a bit blaming other people or I can't do that because yeah, we, we, there is, there is always that point. I think I'm. Nobody's spending any money on leadership training at the moment in the public sector. There's no work out there. I think the if key I said thing, that, what would you say to me? I'd say, Steve, Yeah. are you above the line about this? Mm, and then I'd grin and go, no, I don't think I am. So once you've explained above and below the line to someone, mm. that's a really easy question that you can ask them. But you didn't ask me, are you below the line, did no, you? No, because that's very negative. Yeah. That's going to keep you stuck yeah. in that negative state. We want to get you above the line. Yeah. So by asking the question in that way, you're already thinking about being above the line. Right. So if I'm doing something that I don't like doing, I recognise that I'll hear myself saying, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this internal verification of ILM7 executive coaching assignments uh, because we've got a claim for the certificate and I really want to do it. But then I think, well, actually, who sold the program? I did. Who decided that they would do the internal verification? Well, I did. And then I say to myself, so shut up and get on with it. And as soon as I say that, I'm taking responsibility again, yeah. aren't I? And I feel good. And I think, well, it'll only take me 15 minutes, 20 minutes max, and then I can move on to something else. But I already feel good about yeah. doing it. And I feel good about doing something that, so I also listen to my words like, I should do this, I've got to do that. Maybe we can talk about that another time as well. But I do listen to the words I'm using and then I realise I'm below the line. And I think it's interesting. This is what we do day in, day out. Mm -hmm. um, we, we teach other people how to be more positive mm -hmm. and how to think in a, a better way to get the results that they want to get. Yeah. But both of us, probably not very often, but both of us can be below the line at times. It's rare, granted, um, but again, just that simple question that you can ask yourself. Yeah. Um, when when you recognize it, 
can yeah. really help, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. It can. This shirt's feeling a bit tight on me. Um, but Dawn keeps buying all these really delicious M&S kind of curries and stuff. But do you know what? They're so full of sugar. Mm. Really are. But, you know, what can I do? Steve, are you above the line about this? Well, it's not my fault. It's Dawn's. So who does Dawn force you to eat the curry? Uh, no, I choose every mouthful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So could you make a different choice I or buy a bigger shirt? <laughs> I could, make it. <laughs> I could make a bit. Actually, I think it's a good fit. Um, so what we're saying then is in organisations, we can have a bunch of people who are dipping below the line sometimes, but they don't realise they're doing it. And we've got organisations, Siva Logistics, Hariba, they started putting the above the line, below the line um, diagram in frames and taught everybody about yeah. it. And so people, if they've caught themselves, you know, dipping below the line, they'd say, oh, I'm dipping below the line. And everybody would laugh. And it was all done very nicely and in a very friendly way. So um, maybe you could try it, guys. I've just done um, a bespoke NLP and leadership course for an organization in London. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I taught them. Yeah. Um, and it, it's such a simple concept. Yeah. But um, I had some emails from, from some of the, the managers mm. um, last week um, telling me what they put into practice and how it was going. Mm. And that was one of the things that was probably the most mentioned in, in all of the emails from them. Yeah. And just what a difference it had made to their teams. Mm. They'd been talking about how there were certain individuals in the teams who were a bit of a mood hoover mm -hmm. and were bringing down everyone else. Mm -hmm. But actually by sharing this with the whole team, mm -hmm. what they were finding is that they didn't actually have to do anything. Mm -hmm. The other team members were calling it out. Mm -hmm. um, and already, you know, just a few weeks into doing this, they're finding that the, the atmosphere is really improving, starting to lift. Yeah, but only works though, doesn't it? I mean, you can't go and teach this on a leadership training to somebody and not do it yourself. Absolutely. Because otherwise the energy you're putting out <laughs> is different, isn't it? And people, you're not being authentic. Yeah. And if you're not being authentic, then um, the message reduces, doesn't it? It always starts with you. Yeah. And this is what I said, this particular group that I worked with, um, you know, that was the message to them. If you're not doing it, don't teach it to, to your teams. Yeah. Because you have to lead by example. Yeah. And I think that's true in, in every organization. People won't do what you tell them. They'll do what you do. Yeah, exactly. Copy behaviors. Yeah, yeah that's right. So you can tell them whatever you want, but if they see you doing something different, they will mimic that. Mm. So you have to be absolutely on it as a leader. If you want to be a great leader, you've got to be walking the walk. Yeah. So taking responsibility, being above the line, taking ownership, accountability, yeah. responsibility, or, and below the line is kind of bad, isn't it? Blame, excuses, denial. 
Sometimes though, people use reasons for doing things, don't they? Oh, they I've have like a reason. Great story about someone using reasons. So um, is it one of mine? It is one of yours. This was um, we were we were actually doing a, a leadership program with an organisation a few years back, and we'd been talking about um, the mind body connection. Yeah, and how our physiology can really have an impact on our mindset and how we think about things. Mm -hmm. And this one lady said, do you know what? I really, really get that. Yeah. And she said, um, I've started running. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I'm no marathon runner. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I get up early every morning mm -hmm. um, and I get my running gear on, put on my trainers come rain or shine, I clip the lead on the dog and off the pair of us go for a little run in the morning. She said, no, I don't run far. It's only maybe a mile or so. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I've noticed is that when I come home, I just feel more energised and ready for the day. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's absolutely fantastic. And this other lady piped up, oh my God, I'd love to do that. I know. And we said, well, why don't you? Mm. I said, well, what? I can't. I I haven't got a dog. And literally the whole room just burst out laughing. Yeah. And it's like she didn't realise what she was she using said. a reason. Yeah, absolutely. She was a reason. She'd heard the story and thought the only way that she could do it is if she did it in exactly the same way. And she was using that to, to negate her own responsibility mm. for, for going out for that run or whatever it was that she wanted to do. And sometimes it's not until you point it out to someone. And, and that was a fun situation. It was literally within a whole yeah, group. Yeah. And the laughter kind of shocked her out of it. But it's all right to, you know, we, we all do it sometimes. It's recognizing it and doing something about it. So the first thing we need to do is monitor how we feel. Yeah. If we feel negative or we hear ourselves blaming another team, another department, another person, then we ask ourselves a better question, like, how do I get myself back above the line? Yeah. And then we feel better. Absolutely. And start doing things. And, and this is the thing. It's, again, we said on the, the last episode, this stuff isn't rocket science. It's common sense, but not common practice. Yeah. If you don't feel good, that will give you a, a clue yeah. where your thoughts are. You'll probably catch your feelings before your thoughts. Yeah. So your 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 feelings are a barometer for your thoughts. Yeah. So that will tell you you must be thinking negatively. Yeah. And you're in control of your own thoughts. You can change yeah. that if you want to. Yeah. So you change your thoughts, you change your entire experience. Yeah. So if I hear myself saying, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I should do this, I should do that. I'm probably also below the line about it. So I don't want to be below the line. So shut up and get on with it. So how can you change your language to that got to, have to, must do? Right, I'm going to do it because I was the person, I applied for this job. And when I applied for this job, I wanted to do it and I threw myself into it. Or when I, when we took on this customer and they said we'd like to do some qualifications with the program i was the one that said okay so so i'll do that bit of the verification or whatever 
So I'm responsible for it. I was the one who did it. So shut up and get on with it, Steve. That's what I say to myself. And as soon as I say that, I'm fine. And isn't it interesting how just changing a really I've got to mow the grass at the weekend when it's dry. No. Well, I don't have to mow the grass. I could pay someone to do it, but I don't really want to pay anyone to do it. Okay, shut up and get on with it. And I think there's a big difference between saying, oh, I've got to mow the grass and I'm going to mow the grass. Yeah. Um, Just that simple change in language. Yeah. Certainly when I think about that and see it in my own head, Mm -hmm. I feel different when I say I've got to and I'm going to. Yeah. Changes the energy that you put behind it. So let's sum up what we said. So the first thing to do is recognize how you feel. Mm-hmm. Listen to, am I blaming other people or other things like other teams? Do I feel a bit negative? Am I feeling angry or anything like that? Am I feeling, you know, let down or feel let down by somebody else or another team? If I do, then I'm probably below the line. Next, I ask myself a better question. So how can I get above the line? Right, I'm above the line. Get on with it. Go and talk to them, see what we can do, find a solution. Absolutely. Drive our own metaphorical busts. Sounds great to me, Steve. Yeah, let's get started. But we've got to do it ourselves first before we start preaching to other people. So other people notice a difference and we feel different and more empowered. And that will have a ripple effect anyway. Yeah. The Americans would call it personal power, which it is, isn't it? Absolutely. It all comes from within. So, guys, go and try it. You know, think about your your own language, um, how you're feeling about things, and do something different with it. Uh, just ask yourself, am I above the line about this? Am I taking personal responsibility? So thanks for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.